Let's Talk PR and More. Public relations, media, publicity, integrated communications, marketing, digital, reputation management, and more. Let's Talk PR and More with award-winning PR strategist, Sherry Goldman. I'm Sherry Goldman, president of Goldman Communications Group, and welcome to Let's Talk PR and More. My guest today is Jeff Morisoff. Jeff is chair of the Department of Journalism, Media Studies, and Public Relations at the Lawrence Herbert School of Communication at Hofstra University, teaching graduate and undergraduate PR courses and serving as faculty advisor to Hofstra's PRSSA chapter. Outside the classroom, Jeff has had an extensive PR career, which included positions at Cablevision, Long Island Association, the Town of Babylon, New York Institute of Technology, and Nassau Community College. He has received Hofstra's Distinguished Teacher of the Year Award, the Public Relations Professional of Long Island's Jack Redaladia Lifetime Achievement Award, and the International Association of Business Communicators Achievement in Communications Award. He serves on the board director of the Fair Media Council and on the advisory board of the Museum of Public Relations, and I'm happy he's here with us today. So welcome, Jeff. I'm thrilled to be here with you, Sherry. Great. So let's get started, and we're going to talk a lot about education Mm -hmm. and public relations education, but I personally think it's so important that we bring the outside experience into the classroom. And I'm going to get your perspective of that in a minute. But tell me a little bit or give us a, the short, brief version of your background before you came to Hofstra and, and brought us to the classroom. Well, sure. Before my PR career, I actually was in radio for a while. Uh, I did radio news. I did. Uh, I was a DJ at an so AM radio So this is station. old hat for you. <laughs> I, I've, this microphone looks familiar. Um, but uh, that, was a, that was brief, but I continued to do it as a freelancer for many years. But I transitioned into PR fairly early in my career. And my, my first gig was at Cablevision, and that those were the days when cable television was really um, exploding on Long Island, and uh, the Long Island system, in fact, uh, that Cablevision and the Dolan family owned, became the largest uh, individual cable system in the country. So I had the opportunity to start doing PR for them, uh, which was wonderful. It was a great experience. Uh, transitioned into uh, quasi-governmental roles, um, both for the, uh, for the LIA, the Long Island Association, which is the region's largest business and civic organization. Then I went to the town of Babylon, which uh, where I was the spokesperson and uh, handled all of the PR and communications for the town. Uh, and then on to uh, education, where I worked at NYIT as an administrator, um, doing PR uh, and, and alumni relations work, as well as uh, the same at Nassau Community. I came here in 2010 at Hofstra University um, to teach because it was always a passion of mine. I had taught adjunct for many years, and I thought bringing my uh, my experience and my my uh, stories to the classroom <laughs> would be a good idea. Um, and I just love it. I love teaching so much, and 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 really that outside experience to segue into what you really want to talk about is so valuable. I find that the the staff uh, and the faculty uh, are better prepared to be able to get into the classroom and talk about their experiences in the real world and what it means for the future of these students uh, when they've had that experience themselves. And the, the reality is, um, without that, without that real world experience, I don't think you can teach as well. I really don't. As well, because I agree with you. Listen, I'm biased. I also teach as an adjunct professor and been teaching for, God, 15 years, I think, at this point as an adjunct professor. Um, And I come in with my stories, and sometimes I call them my war stories because it's the things that didn't go right that Mm -hmm. you say, here's what you learn from them. But a lot of people just teach from the textbook, or there's a lot of 
in college or education that, that says the textbooks. So let's talk about what has changed in education and why the real world, and the real world was changing too. Certainly what I started doing in PR years ago is not the same PR that we're doing now. It's not the same PR world. Well, I always joke that the most sophisticated piece of equipment we had in my office in 1983 when I started was a fax machine. You know, I was still typing on a, an IBM Selectric typewriter. Um, but, uh, yeah, the technology, of course, has changed, and that's, that's uh, fundamental and has been fundamental to the public relations field because uh, w with the Internet and social media, it has really become the purview of PR people to do that kind of work. But uh, in terms of the classroom, in terms of what has changed, I, I don't know if you've seen it. I mean, I've t taught uh, full-time at Hofstra for 13 years now, but I did teach many years before that. Students have different expectations now. Uh, they have, first of all, they want to know that they can get a job. They're very <laughs> you're, focused. You're beating me to it. That's what we get to later. But yes, they absolutely do. Very and we could focused. talk about what their expectations of jobs are because they all think they're going to be a superstar, a manager. Mm -hmm. um. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. Um, but I also th th think that the student has changed, and this is a generational, probably a socioeconomic thing. But the students, I find, are very um, dependent on instruction. And that's a nice way of saying sometimes they can be somewhat needy, but not in a negative way. They want to know what's expected of them. They want very explicit directions. If I say write me an essay, they want to know how many words. Uh, if I don't say, if I don't tell them how many words, it's it's a little bit of an issue for them. They not they need to know the expectations. I think they've been so tested uh, and prepared for testing over the years, uh, and plus the fact that they've also been. Uh, their, their hands were held quite more than we were when we were young. Uh, they want very explicit instructions. And I think that's a good thing on one hand. Uh, I think it hurts the critical thinking factor. I was going to say, and I, I hear you and I feel that, and the mm. fact to me that even at the beginning of the semester, you have to give them a syllabus and tell them what they're going to be doing in a class 14 weeks from now. Who right. knows? Um, is it because they're over-tested, or do you think, I think part of it is they're used to getting information pushed to them. They don't know how to think. They don't have critical thinking. You brought that up. They don't know how to research. They don't, yeah. they don't trust their instincts, or they don't want to spend the time to trust their instincts. Well, that's an issue, too, the timing, uh, the time that they invest, because they're such a, a generation of instant answers. You know, when, when, and I hate to say, when we were young, but I'll say it anyway. I always say it. I go, uh, in the dinosaur days when yeah, I was growing up. When we were up. young, we had to go to the library and look something up, and it was always an hour or two just to find the right thing to get an answer, to get one answer. Now, of course, all answers are instant. So that creates that, I don't want to say laziness, but that expectation that information is going to come to them instantly. Um, and it's going to be perfect information. Right, right. Which, well, uh, which you have to teach them not all information that we receive is perfect. That's correct. And the top line on Google is paid for, so it may not be the best right. thing. It's just the one that got paid the highest for Right, right. So I think from an educator's point of view, it, it puts more demand on us because we do have to provide them, and because that's their expectation, we do have to provide them with very detailed information, what to expect in class, what is the assignment going to look like, like how is the assignment going to be graded? Uh, and, and, and the other piece of that is um, how much work do I have to put into this to get an A? And I think that has changed too. I think that many students feel that they deserve a good grade and they don't really understand what it takes to get one. So it's becoming a little bit of a kind of a push me pull you effect where you know we're always 
pushing and pulling the students to, to achieve a certain level of competence, uh, along with critical thinking, along with decision making, uh, while at the same time they, you know, like most students, they don't want to put in a lot of work. Well, what I hear from you is they think they get the A for showing up. And I always mm -hmm, say to my mm -hmm. students, you know, no one's going to say thank you for coming to work today. We hope you come back tomorrow. Right. Yay. There's some sort of thing as earning it and what it takes to earn it. Yes. And part of what you learn in a classroom is you learn. You learn thinking. You learn concepts and whatever that helps you in life instead of just I'm going to study for the test. Right. I'm going to check that. I got that. And I'm not so sure. I mean, you tell me. I think this generation is having an issue with that. I do. and Not you, everybody, obviously. No, no. And I, I don't want know. to paint everybody with the same stroke because we have, and you have experienced this too, we have had such marvelous students. Oh, absolutely. I have superstars. Rock stars. Absolute. Oh. Hardworking, ambitious. And they, they know that they have to pay their dues. They understand that this is, a, this is not going to be easy. But there is that disconnect where stu with the, between the time they graduate high school and the time they go out to the workplace, and we're supposed to be preparing them for the real world. Um, I don't think they have any real connection to the real world until they maybe do that internship or they, they maybe start talking to professionals who will, who will make it clear to them that, you know, this is a very different place when you go to the workplace. What connects them with the real world? Because I think that's a piece of what you're offering your students or should be. I know it's what we all think right. we should be. Well, I think practical education from the start. I think that, you know, we're, we're not supposed to be a trade school, obviously. We're, we're a liberal arts university, uh, and most of the universities that, that, school, that, that offer public relations as a major are liberal arts universities, meaning that they still have to take those uh, courses, those what we call distribution courses. Uh, they still have to take history history courses and science and math and that right. sort of thing. But the major and, and all of the that surrounds the major has to be more real world oriented because look, we're not teaching communications theory. Um, there's a place for that, um, but it's not in the public relations classroom. They don't need to know Ivy Lee and the history no, of propaganda do. and they how do. it started with the Crusades and all of that thing. Which no, is no, no, no. I'm not saying that they don't <laughs> need to know that. Um, but I, I think that the analysis of how people communicate is important, and they get that in some of the mass media classes that they might take. But for us, we're teaching fundamentals of PR. We're teaching how to write. That's number one. We have to teach them how I to write I teach writing. Better. One of my classes I teach is PR writing. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. We have to teach writing. Uh, we have to teach um, the media relations piece. How do you interact with journalists? How do you interact with influencers? Uh, we teach the tools. Okay, yes, you know how to use uh, Instagram, and you're, you're, you're really good at, on TikTok, and you, you, you're good on posting. You're, you have an active following. But how do you do that for a business? You know, how do you do that for a nonprofit? That's different, and, and the writing and the content has to be different. And also, how do you understand your audiences? Right. And that's really key, and I try to make that point over and over again. Everything you do in any communication field, whether you're in PR or journalism or television or radio, or you're doing film production, whatever your major is, whatever you're trying to aim for, you have to think of one group of people first, and that's your audience. And, of course, identify who your audience is. And it's not, I just spent yesterday teaching target audiences in yes, my intro class. Yes. And it's not an audience of everyone, no. even though the client wants everyone to know about it. No. You're not a homogeneous clump of everyone. That's right. So break it into 20 different distinct groups or At 30 least. different distinct groups. Right. But I, uh, back to your question, though, you, you also bring real world into the classroom, not just by what you teach, but also by bringing 
people. So, okay, so. Mm -hmm. Bringing guest speakers, giving students an opportunity to network, to, to, to gain mentors. Uh, and that can be done in the classroom and in activities outside the classroom. For example, many uh, universities, over 350 of them, have PRSA student chapters. They're called PRSSAs, the student, uh, student, Public Relations Student uh, Society of America. Yep. And uh, uh, Hofstra University, where I teach, has a, a very strong, uh, very well-oiled uh, PRSSA machine. But what they do is they offer students that opportunity to network all the time, where, in fact, we're bringing in guest speakers every two weeks. We have networking events uh, both uh, in both semesters. Uh, students go and visit agencies and other public relations offices. So they're hearing from professionals, many of whom went through the same program, but they're learning that this is what it's going to take when you get out to succeed. Do they understand it? Do they know how to network? I, I <laughs> see this with my students. It's like, well, the internship wasn't posted online. There must not be one. Well, let's talk about how you can can get one right. or they go to an event and they don't know how to say I'd love five minutes to talk to you or pick your brain they they're so and you talked about direct or used to getting information the end goal the end goal is I met them they didn't say there's an internship I don't know what to do that's a really key <laughs> you know uh, in business you network network yes. network because it's even in my business you know and I have a PR agency you network so maybe someone knows someone who knows someone who needs a PR agency and they'll refer you and it's getting to know them and building relationships and all of that and you have and to teach them the relationships in public relations that 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 is so fundamental because look even when we're doing our jobs aside from the 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 getting the internship which I'll return to in a minute but once we're in those jobs relationships are everything the relationships Absolutely. we have with the, the 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 journalists the relationships we have with the influencers the relationships we have with the companies we deal with, both uh, if we're, do we're doing business to business or consumer to business. But, um, but you're right. It's hard for some students to network. It's look, you know, I don't. I remember I, being eighteen. I was going to be very intimidated by somebody. Sometimes it's hard for me if you yes. go into a room with strangers and yes. you're like, okay, my goal is to meet eight people before I leave right. this room. Right. <laughs> yeah, we have to. You have to get comfortable with it, and it's not easy. So yes, we do provide. Uh, in fact, we're we're doing a networking event uh, in, in November, early November. We're actually having a session, a workshop beforehand to, to talk about how to network. What do you say to these people when you're face-to-face? It's -face a great idea. And you, have, you, you don't know what to say. Uh, how do you start a conversation? How do you get comfortable? What, what are the appropriate questions to ask? Um, so it's important that we do that. And that may not be part of a syllabus and may not be part of the classroom opportunities. Um, but nevertheless, uh, we encourage students to get out of the classroom and do this as much as they but can. It is, to me, one way you're preparing them for the real world. Yes. And isn't that what school's about besides yes. book knowledge or textbook knowledge? It's so important. Preparing, you know. so, important. so I'm going to go back to what are their expectations when they come here? And then students expectations and then what does the industry expect from our mm. students you know we want our students i teach at city college now i used to teach long on university you're at hofstra i sit on the board here of school of communications they're looking at our students but are students good for them what are they expecting from them well we do ask that question and that's part of my preparation and my colleagues prepare uh, for uh, for teaching and, and keeping up to date, we want to know what the workplace wants. And we hear the same two or three things repeatedly. Okay. One is good writers. 
Writing is essential. And look, we all know this. As communicators, we know that writing is the fundamental basis for everything. So they want good writers. They want critical thinkers. They want people who can think on their own, that don't have to have their hands held every, you know, for every decision. They want people who can think on their feet, who can make a decision in a crisis situation, or even if it's, well, I can't get a car for this guest speaker, uh, what do, how do I get them here? You know, figure that out. Exactly. Things like that. How do you think on the spot? How do you make a decision on the spot to achieve what you want to achieve? So they want that critical thinking. Uh, and they also want people who are innovative, who at least can what come you... up with ideas. Okay. So in other words, if I'm sitting around in a brainstorming session because we have a new client, I want that student, that former student, now an employee, to be able to contribute to the conversation with some fresh ideas. Uh, and that doesn't mean they have to be a, a genius innovator and, and come up with uh, plans that Edward Bernays would have never thought of. Um, they, they want people who will at least give um, some... Uh, insight and, and introspective uh, um, uh, feedback to to the group that's kind of considering what's going to happen. So yeah, the, those those are kind of the things that we hear all the time. Writing, um, uh, think on your feet, uh, that that can, that uh, that ability to to do that kind of critical thinking, and somebody who is able to contribute. Okay, so I'm going to take that list and go through that because I think that's great. Mm -hmm. So how do we prepare them? One of the things I tell my students and I can't say they love me for that. So you have to be a creature of culture and current events. Yes. You have to know what's going on in the world so that you can go, be in that brainstorming session. Yes. And if a client says, I want to be in the Olympics, you have to know it's next year or four years from now. And you don't need to know all the housewives. But if somebody says, hey, we should use Kim Kardashian as a spokesperson, you have to know who she is and the baggage she brings. Yeah. And you need to know where the war is. Right. Um, and so I do this test, this exercise for all my classes the first day and periodically through the semester, including name two hosts of the Today Show. You're going to be pitching it. You need to know mm -hmm. what is the Today Show? What is Fox and Friends? You need to know it exists. Yeah. You don't have to watch it. And it's amazing that they look at me and they roll their eyes. Yet my former students who are now in the workplace say, I Thank remember you, yeah. that it helped me. Um, and, and then I say to them, how do you get your information? And I'm a dinosaur. I get it from a newspaper. They're still delivered to my front door. I'm a news junkie. I watch TV news. They don't. So I have to teach them how to get this information from TikTok right. or Twitter right. X, who to follow, what to do. But so that's one of the things I do. What do you do to help your students be innovative or guide that behavior well, so they can be some of it's innate obviously yes. but well knowing that they are that their um, habits uh, or their their process for ga for gathering information is very different than us right that is a truly generational thing they don't read a paper they don't watch the news they don't even watch appointment television they are streaming everything and they watch it at their own convenience uh, and as far as what they read they've chosen what feeds to look at and and so it's very limited so trying to expand their um, and that's yeah the goal right that's ex expanding their news sources and and understanding where their news is coming from where their entertainment is coming from is very important but it's funny how you say you give these little quizzes i've been doing this for for 13 years now i start every class 
class with a trivia quiz. Okay. And this is a common knowledge quiz, folks. And I say, and it can be something silly like, which is larger, uh, Jones Beach or Waikiki Beach? <laughs> uh, which which nation, you know, which is, has the largest population? Is it India or China? You know, so I'll, I'll throw those kinds of silly questions at them. Um, you know, I'll give them here the last uh, presidents for the last uh, 50, 60 years, Republican or Democrat, Republican or Democrat. Things like that that should be common knowledge, but really aren't and and i expose them to it and i say and i say to them look you don't need to know the answer to every one of these questions but these are pop culture they're historical they're current yeah. you need to have like you said be a creature of culture you need to understand that this is going to enter into everything you do not only that but i mean this was years ago but it's still being done sometimes if you're applying for an internship they give you a yes. writing test. And one of the writing tests is match these people with this. So yes, you need yes. to know. Yeah. You don't want to lose because you didn't know Justin Trudeau was the right. prime minister of, of Canada. Right. Or, you know, who is, I asked them, who what is Doug Emhoff's official title? Mm -hmm. Half of them don't know who he is, mm -hmm. but he's the second gentleman in the United States. They need to know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, well, ask them who the vice president is, uh, and they might not be able to tell you. That's the problem. They, they're not because they're limiting their resources, uh, and they're not opening a newspaper where you don't really know what's going to be on the next page. They they kind of have narrowed uh, narrow casted themselves, and it's creating a problem because you're right. When they do get to the workplace, they're not as well versed as some of the people around them. And unless they make the effort to do uh, to, to gather more information and to become more knowledgeable. Uh, watch more television, watch watch old movies, watch, uh, and, and maybe pick up a magazine or a newspaper from right. time to time. Uh, get yourself uh, into into the game because if you're not, you're, you're going to be left out. So how do you encourage students to do that while they're still students? or how, And how do you bring that critical thinking into well, I, I think what they need of, to learn? Yeah. That's what the industry is looking for from our students. Well, I think part of it is because, you know, the – I'm a I'm a 64 year old man sitting uh, standing in front of a classroom, set, you know, saying you should be doing this. No, they really need to hear it from younger people who are in the industry. So I try to bring recent graduates back to the classroom, okay. and and so they can say, okay, here's what my transition to the real world was like. And I didn't know this, and I should have, and I should have done this when I was in school. So maybe if they hear it from somebody who's 25 or 28 rather than somebody f like me, um, they'll, it'll maybe absorb, uh, it'll, it'll hit them a little harder, and then maybe they'll start to think about it. And I think that does work. I think hearing oh, from recent grads uh, about their professional experiences and, and the challenges that they faced uh, and what they should have done, what they should have known going in uh, is helpful. As far as developing critical thinking, I think the more group projects you can do with them, rather than giving them tests, you know, tests are one thing, and maybe you want to do that once in a while, but group projects where they're problem solving, where they're doing public relations campaigns for either a real or imagined client, uh, you're giving them ethical questions, and that's an important chapter in the book that we really try to bring into the classroom. Yeah, I spend a lot of time ethics. on ethics in this semester. I'm actually show doing them a case show studies on it and what would you do, and what what would be the dilemma here for you, and you know, would you be loyal to the paycheck or loyal to the ethics of the of the matter? So you know, those kinds of questions have to be addressed, and and we do have to bring them into the classroom. So it starts to 
widen their thinking a little bit and, and, and make sure that they understand that there's no black and white here. There's no easy answers. When you get into the workplace, you're going to be faced with ethical problems. You're going to be faced with critical thinking issues. You're going to be, uh, you're going to be asked to be creative. You're going to be asked to problem solve. And if you don't start honing those skills now, you're going to be left behind. I want to ask you a question. Do you think most students know that when they pick this as a major? Or do they come and <laughs> say, I want to be an entertainment PR person, or I want to be an influencer or a sports right. PR? Is this coming as a shock to most students? Yes. I find it is. So it I'm sure is. I think, you know, what happens, and I, I, I laugh about this, and I'll, I'll we have, at Hofstra, we have a very active arts uh, programs for dance, music, uh, and uh, uh, dance music and, and I'm trying to think of the other art but musicians and dancers sometimes get into their sophomore year and they realize um, well theater as well uh, they realize maybe I'm not going to be able to do this as a living I'll make this maybe a, a second major or a minor and I'll go into public relations because that sounds easy and that sounds fun <laughs> that sounds really like I could do that because it's entertainment related and then they get into the classroom and they get into the fundamentals class. And I always teach the fundamentals class. And I really try to give them, this is what it really is. This is this, these are all the careers that are associated with PR. These are all of the skills you have to have. I give them as much foundation as I can. And it does come as a shock. You're absolutely right. They are so surprised that I had no idea this was so complicated. Yeah. I had no idea there was so much to this. I had to write. I had to think. I had yeah. to know business. It's. Yeah, it, 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 I don't know if they thought it was an easy major or it dovetailed with entertainment or you're right, sports. But you know what I find? I find that almost all of them stay with it. They don't get scared by it. No, most of mine stay with it. I mean, but I might, mine are um, a little bit older. Yeah. You know. I mean, what I also enjoy, I mean, one of my crowning uh, moments in, in any class is when I have a group of students in the class that are coming in with a different major, because they're not all PR majors. Right. Uh, usually my half of my class of 20 or 25 will be PR majors, and the others will be maybe journalists, or they're doing media studies. Maybe they're from a completely different area. They're, they're doing marketing, or they're doing, uh, or they are doing dance or something. Usually by the end of the semester, two or three of them will change their major to PR. That and feels I feel good, like, right? Yeah, you I did won. it. I converted a couple of people. Uh, so that's a, that's that's a really good feeling. We're, we're almost out of time, but I do want to address how artificial intelligence is changing mm. how you're teaching. And I will say that just this week in my PR writing class, they handed an assignment, and a few of them were exactly the same mm. and using verbiage that I had never heard before. And I spoke to my chair, and I said, I think we found students have had ChatGPT. What are we doing about that? Yeah, yeah. So how have you found that well, changing? You know, one thing For good or some of it's a benefit and some of it's not. Right. And, and you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, one of my colleagues and I went into the city. Uh, Deloitte had hosted a, uh, a workshop on um, AI and, and how it might affect the public relations field. And, yes, PR professionals are starting to use AI, but that's the question I have, and I, I still need to learn. How are they using it? And, and I'm in, doing a show in a few weeks on the ethics of yeah. AI in public and, relations. And I, I really want to learn more because I think we're all struggling with it right now. Uh, what I'm thinking about doing as an assignment I think would be fun to do is I'm going to ask students, okay, let's, let's do this assignment. You write one version and you put it into AI and let AI write the version of a press release, say. Oh, what a great idea. And, uh, and let's compare. Let's see who did the better job. And, and is, is AI really going to be a substitute for that kind of work? Or do you really have to be involved? Now, what the, the little uh, workshop we went to in, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the, the conclusion basically was, 
you can't take the human element out of PR. You just can't. Uh, so you may ask AI to write something, whether it be a bio or a backgrounder, but you're going to have to go in and edit it. You're going to have to go okay. in and make it human because whatever they spit, whatever AI spits out is not going to sound warm and human. Uh, it's going to be uh, too generic, and so you need to go in and fix it. So you might be able to use it to create the foundational uh, basis for, for writing, but you're still going to have to go in and become part of the writing process. So I don't know if that's where it's going, but that's an interesting question that is going to be raised a lot now. Yeah, and I think we're going to have to address it sooner than yeah. later because oh, yeah. it, people will use it as a crutch, yeah. but it will also in some ways commoditize what we do. And if you don't have that thinking and that personality to it, yeah. then they don't need it. They that, don't need us. That's right. And I don't think it's going to come to that. I don't really I hope not. I don't want to predict the future. I know they're I'm, using it a lot to create content. I yeah. know in terms of content creation and public relations, they're using AI for a lot of that. And, and that would be fine. But again, I, I, I do s agree with what I learned a couple of weeks ago. If we don't step in and and make it human, make it sound different than what is being spit out, because I don't think AI is there yet. Uh, there's no warmth to what they write. No, uh, uh, not what, yet. What it writes, I should <laughs> say. So I, I think we have to be the the. We still have to be the editors and the arbiters of what the final product looks like. Because if we just let AI do it, it's not going to. I don't think it's going to satisfy the clients, quite frankly, uh, that we are working for. Probably uh, not. But but it sounds like we, as a profession, are an ed educating in that profession. We're adapting. We're changing. Yes, we have to because. You and I have seen so many changes in the time we've been working in public relations. It's it's just mind-boggling. And to keep up with it has always been a challenge for us. But we have to, especially if we're going to be teaching it. Because these young people who are going out into the world to do PR professionally are going to have tools we haven't even thought of yet. So they have to, uh, they have to understand the ramifications of those tools, the use of those tools, the ethics of those tools, and all of the all of the things we've just uh, uh, touched on. So yeah, it's 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 a brave new world. And we'll get there. And we'll get there. <laughs> I could talk to you forever, but I we're know, out of I time. Know. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Great. That's Let's Talk PR and More for today. You can find more information about the show and about me at Goldman Communications Group's website, www.goldmanpr.net. And if you want to hear the show again, you can listen to the podcast, which is posted on Goldman Communications Group website, as well as on most podcast sites, including Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and iHeart. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to talking PR and more with you all again next week.